So we appreciate you praying, and uh, I'm excited to see what God has in all of this. It's been eight weeks. It's been eight weeks since I've been able to sit behind this pulpit today and preach the Word of God, and I'm thankful for this stool that I can sit on and a stool that I can put my feet on and a little piece of wood here that I can put my foot on. So, but it's not about the. It's never about the preacher. We never want it to be about the preacher. But uh, we know God uses the foolishness of preaching, so I'm praying that God will use his word today. As we think about this word valley, the word valley, what is a valley? Well, a, a definition of the word valley is an elongate depression of the earth's surface, usually between ranges of hills or mountains. So everybody here, I think, understands what a valley is. Another definition of a valley can be a low point or it can be a low condition. Sometimes uh, we think of a valley in our life. Uh, we don't think of the valley, you know, going out to Chilliwack or whatever, although that's referred to as that possibly. But many times, spiritually speaking, we think of a low point in our life. We think of a low condition. We think of a, maybe a very difficult time. Here we read in God's word in Psalm 84 about a valley. Uh, the psalmist calls it the valley of Baca, the, the, the valley of Baca. And as they pass through, and I think that's an interesting thing to consider in our text this morning, and maybe I'll allude to that in a minute, even in a greater way. It says passing through, passing through the valley of Baca. But as they pass through this valley of Baca, uh, the heart uh, for God's house provided wisdom and strength for the life lived away from God's house. Notice verse number one of our chapter. It says, how amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the what? Courts of the Lord. So there's a longing here for the psalmist to be with the family of God. There's a longing here for the psalmist to be in the house of God. And we know that a church is not bound by a building. We've learned that in 22 plus years. And keep praying for God's provision for a building. You know, a church just came for sale this week on Columbia Street. You've driven by it hundreds of times if you live in that area or go that, uh, go that way. It's the church that has all the cute little sayings on the sign, you know, right by Starbucks, right by a little playground right there. It just went for sale this week. And if anybody has $5 million in your pocket today, come up. I mean, anyway, it's, but in all seriousness, we're going to look into that building. We're praying about it. Join with me in praying about it. Uh, but we don't need a building to be a church. We don't need a building to be a church. Uh, we believe that um, this is the church right here. It's the Lord's church. But we see here there is a longing. I want, I want you to think about that word longing, a longeth. You know, uh, do we long to be with the family of God? I, I pray that we do. I pray that we do. He says, my heart and my flesh, notice, crieth out for the living God. Aren't you glad our God is alive? Our God is not made of wood. Our God is not dead. Our God is alive. And the psalmist says, I have a longing. I have a great desire. And my flesh is crying out. My heart is crying out for the living God. And so we see a longing here for the family of God. However, we also see this valley though, this valley of Baca. Now, some commentators will tell us, and, and the word itself, baka, is a noun derived from a verb, 
which signifies to weep, to weep. And um, one, one person explained it this way. This present world is to us this valley of weeping. In our passage through it, we are refreshed by the streams in our passage through it, passage through the valley of Baca. So as we go through the valley, we are refreshed by the streams of divine grace flowing down from the great fountain of consolation. Warren Wiersbe, who is someone who is probably is well-read, uh, again, just what he has to say about this valley of Baca, he describes it as, quote, any difficult and painful place in life where everything seems hopeless and you feel helpless like the pit of despair. Now, I know that's not a very encouraging thought as we jump into the message here this morning, but to everybody here, if you're honest, you've been in the Valley of Baca before. You've, uh, maybe you're in it this morning. Uh, maybe you're going to be in it next week. Uh, we have no idea when it's coming, but we know that it's there, and it's there for a purpose. And we think about this uh, Valley of Baca. It speaks of tears and weeping. It speaks of difficulty. It speaks of trouble. We think about this thought of tears. I was thinking of tears in the Bible. And we have tears of uh, repentance in the Bible. You know, what, what would happen in your life and mine if we allowed the Holy Spirit of God to bring tears of repentance? Not repentance for Canada, although that would be great, but repentance for our own sin. Repentance for our own sin. Uh, the psalmist said, create in me a clean heart, O God. Psalm 51. You know, he didn't say create in someone else. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God. Uh, and so this morning, I wonder, have we lost our tears of repentance? Have we lost our tears of uh, being uh, grieved over our own personal sin? I think that's where revival comes, a brokenness. And I'm glad the Bible says that a broken and a contrite heart, God does not despise. And then I think in the Bible, uh, there are many places we can find other kinds of tears. We can find tears of suffering, tears of suffering. And it's all through the pages of the Bible. People suffered, and there's no health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. There's no such thing as that. The apostle Paul suffered. God would not take away whatever he was suffering with. He said, my grace is sufficient for thee. Uh, and, and many others suffered. Our Lord Jesus suffered. Our Lord Jesus wept. Our Lord Jesus suffered on the cross, and yet uh, we see a great purpose for these tears. And then uh, even, even tears of uh, ministry burdens, uh, we see that in Acts chapter 20 and verse 31, uh, that there was a burden for the people of God and the church of God. And so uh, tears are not um, a bad thing. In fact, I had someone reach out to me yesterday, and uh, I've met this gentleman one time. I met him one time. He attended Anchor Baptist Church one time, and he doesn't even live in this area. He lives in another province. I won't be too specific, but uh, we are, uh, he, he was reading some of my posts on Facebook, and uh, he reached out to me about two months ago, and he said, I, I have cancer, and I'd like to talk to you sometime. This is who I am, and, and uh, do you remember me? And I, he, people that had brought him, I remembered, and uh, I couldn't quite place him. But all of a sudden, I was on the couch yesterday and uh, just uh, reading a little bit, and all of a sudden, I got a 
Facebook uh, audio call from this gentleman. We spent about 30 minutes on the phone together, and we prayed together, and uh, he's dealing with many things. And you know, on that telephone call, there was a lot of weeping. And you know, the only thing that brings consolation, I find, in my life is the Scriptures and the Word of God. It doesn't matter really even how great the weeping or great the difficulty is. And we spent some time in quoting, I was trying to quote Scripture and trying to point him back to the Word of God, and, and he claims to be a believer, and I'm praying for this gentleman, but I'm thankful for um, the, the, the Valley of Baca. The focus of Psalm 84, as we started into a little bit, is the delight of worship. It is a psalm of worshipers longing to be at the temple in Jerusalem. And while they are on their way there, they pass through this valley of weeping. Now, I like uh, what it says in verse, uh, si uh, let's read 5 and 6 again. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee, whose heart are, are, are in the ways of them. Who? Notice the word who there. And I don't believe that is just uh, the man uh, that it says in verse 5, but I believe it's also thee. And so we have a man that is passing through the valley of Baca, but we also have the Lord that is with the man that is passing through the valley of Baca. And so we see that there is someone who is with him. Uh, there is uh, 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 someone beside him. He is not alone, and neither are we alone today. And I'm thankful for the valley of Baca. Let's turn, as we think about this valley, as we think about even in the valley, let's turn back a couple of pages in our Bible to Psalm 46, please. Psalm 46. Trust that God will speak to our hearts as we think about this, even in the valley. Even in the valley. Notice what Scripture says here in verse 10. You've read it before, but if you haven't, I hope it'll be underlined in your heart today. Scripture says, be still and no, you might want to circle that word right there, no. What it doesn't say is be still and feel. It says be still and know. There's going to be many times in our life where we don't feel it where we don't feel it. Feelings come and feelings go. <laughs> Just like the rain comes and goes and the sun comes and goes and all of that. But I'm, I'm comforted today in the fact that we can know. We don't have to feel it. We can know, as the psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. I like those wills, don't you? I will, like a shall, Romans 10, 13, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Be still and know. The psalmist instructs us to be still and know that he is God. It doesn't say be still and feel that he is God. My feelings are valid, but, only at, but, but they aren't always rooted in truth. I'm not trying to say toss out feelings. But when my feelings are not rooted in truth, my feelings are not valid because they can go every which way. 
They can be going down the tra- all kinds of thoughts and emotions and things that aren't pleasing to the Lord. However, God, the object of my faith, and God, the object of your faith, I pray this morning, and in the valley of Baca, in the valley of uh, tears, in the valley of bitterness, in the valley of despair, God, the object of our faith, the psalmist says, is always firm and true. He says here that he will be uh, exalted. He will be exalted. Notice it's there twice that he will be exalted. And so because of that, not because of my feelings, not because of, uh, of, of my emotions, but because I know that he is God, we are safe in using our faith to filter our feelings. So my feelings must always come through faith. My faith must always be anchored in the word of God. Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you've not taken time to get into the word of God every day, I can tell you what's going to happen to your faith. It's going to shrink, shrink, shrink. It doesn't mean that you're not saved, but it means when that valley comes. You won't know that he is God as he wants you to know that he is God. Because the feelings will be what power you, overpower you. And I've been there. I'll be there again. But I pray that when that comes, I can quickly go to the word of God. I can be still and know that he is God. So we don't toss out our feelings. But they must be filtered through our faith, which is filtered through the precious word of God. So what, we, what do we do? What do we do in our valley of Baca? Let's go to Romans 8. I'm going to give you three thoughts. Three thoughts today from, from God's word that I pray will help you as they have helped me. Romans 8 is a beautiful text of scripture. I'm sure you've read it before. Powerful text of scripture. Pardon me one moment here. Romans 8.31 says, What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Notice verse 32. He that spared not his own son. Think of that. He that spared not his own son. When you're in the valley, he that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, Notice, when you're in the valley, how shall he, God, not with him, Christ, also freely give us all things? Verse number 38 or 37. Nay, in all these things, what things? Oh, uh, it says in verse 35, tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. Uh, you don't have to, we're not changing the word of God, but you could write in there, valley. And yet the scripture says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that, what church? Loved. When we're in the valley, we must not doubt God's love. We must not doubt God's love in the valley. Because Satan will definitely start tapping us on the shoulder and say, your Bible says God loves you. Why does he put you in the valley? 
Your Bible says God loves you. Why is he allowed this to happen to your, to your home? Your, uh, your Bible says God, God loves you. Why do you have a job problem? You're, you're, you're you know, on and on and on it goes. And the Satan is the great deceiver, isn't he not? He's the father of all lies. And so when that valley time is there, we think and we reminisce. We, again, we go back to the scripture and we recognize the cross and we see the crucified Savior. We see the uh, nails in his hands and in his feet. We see the thorns on his, uh, on, on his, on his, uh, on his uh, head. Uh, we see the blood that's trickling down. And we see that picture of sacrifice that God delivered him up for us all. And even in the valley, we see the love of the cross. And we journey down to the tomb. And we see that the tomb is empty in our mind. And we're thinking about it. And we even go to the word of God. But uh, we must not doubt God's love in the valley. God loves you this morning. Mountaintop, valley, it doesn't matter. But we're thinking about even today, even in the valley. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Psalm 23. The valley. Thank God for the valley. Don't jump out of the valley. We're going to say that probably a few more times. Don't run out of it. Romans 8, 37. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things to come, nor things... Uh, or things to come, present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, nor valleys, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ our Lord. Ephesians 2 and 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us. We cannot doubt the love of God in the valley. Maybe we're in a valley today. I don't know. But I know this, God loves us in the valley. What's your valley called? I don't know. Put a, put a title on it, but, but don't take the title off of that God loves me in the valley. Even in the valley. And there's a purpose for the valley. And it's for our good and his glory. So we must not doubt God's love in the valley. Let's go back to Psalm, please, in 37. While we were in the hospital for those two weeks, over and over again, there would be little, uh, there'd be little, uh, just things that would happen that would only be of God, and it wasn't because of me or my wife or our family, but it was because God loves us. And just little things would happen at just the right time, or somebody would pop in, or or this would happen, or it would even be just a nurse even, or something like that. And it was a sign, not that we had to have a sign, but it was just an indication of the love of God. We must not doubt God's love in the valley. Psalm 37, verse number 7 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Fret not. Now, we see that phrase three times in Psalm 37. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in the way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. But we're focusing in on that thought of rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Number two, even in the valley, number one, even in the valley, we must not doubt God's love. 
Number two, even in the valley, we must open our eyes and see God at work. Fret not thyself. Uh, rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. It is impossible for us to see or think the way God does. But it is my responsibility. It is our responsibility to trust what God does. It is my responsibility to trust what God is doing. Job is someone who maybe was, could be called Mr. Valley. I don't know. But he definitely experienced much that would have maybe broken all of us. And I'm sure it broke him. But if you'll turn quickly to the 13th chapter of the book of Job, we see some great admonition about valley time. What do we do in the valley? We must not doubt God's love in the valley. God loves you this morning. God has a purpose for the blessings. God has a purpose for the challenges and to bring us closer to him. Now, we must open our eyes and see God at work, even in the valley. Notice what the Job said, and, and, and it's a verse that rings true. It's very convicting verse, Job 13. Did I give you the chapter? Job 13, verse 15. Though he slay me, Yet will I trust him. But I will maintain mine own ways before him. Notice he says, I'm in the valley. But I'm going to trust him. And not only am I going to trust him in the valley, I'm going to maintain my ways. You know what happens many times if we're not careful in the valley? We stop trusting him, and then guess what happens? We stop living for him. We don't maintain our ways. We get off course, and we stop reading our Bible one day, and then it's two days, and then it's a week, and then we stop coming to church on whatever. We, we just stop, we stop, you know, stop, 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 right? I don't know. You just put in the blank what stopping is. But the point is, Job says, even though I'm in valley mode, I must trust him. But also, I must maintain my ways before him. And here's the good news. You don't have to maintain your ways in your own strength. I don't have to maintain my ways in my own strength. As a follower of Jesus Christ, as, a, as someone who has accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit of God in you, and you can be led by the Spirit of God and filled by the Spirit of God and, and empowered by the Spirit of God that even though you're weak, He is strong. And even though you're not uh, liking the valley, because I don't know anybody that really would say they do. And even though you're not liking the valley, you can say, I trust God in the valley and I'm maintaining my ways in the valley. God, I'm in the word. I want to be on my knees. I want to be giving the gospel out. I don't want to miss an opportunity to do something for God in the valley. And I'll keep my ways before you. Not from a pat on the back for the preacher or the people, but for the glory of almighty God. 
Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. As each test was done in those two weeks, I don't know, lost track count of how many MRIs and all the rest of it. But you just feel like you're some kind of an experimental body. Okay, we found something unique over here. Let's scan this. We found something. Let's, let's put a needle over here in your, in your uh, let's get some spinal fluid out. Let's get some bone marrow out. And believe me, if you've never had a bone marrow sample, just pray that you never have one. You know, you're laying there, and I'm just sharing this from my heart. You're laying there in the room, and two ladies were getting my bone marrow sample, so just make it even more humbling. And you're in the fetal position, and you're taking it right out of your hip bone. You're just kind of wondering, what is God doing? This wasn't in the plan. This wasn't in the agenda. But in some way, the Word of God continues to strengthen. And I, I'm, I'm a very weak, and I'm not an example of strong faith. I want to be a man of strong faith. But I'm so thankful that in those moments where you're alone in a room with two nurses and you're about to experience whatever, that you can just bring to mind the things of the Word of God and somehow, in some way, God and carries you through, and now knowing that this church family, praying and holding, uh, holding up the, holding up uh, our family, and, and and that, and so what can we do? Even though we are in the valley, we can uh, trust God. Though He slay me, yet will I trust in Him. Isaiah fifty five eight, prophet Isaiah says, "For my thoughts are not your thoughts." Actually, the Lord said, "Excuse me," the yeah, prophet Isaiah wrote it. He said, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. God, I'm in the valley, but I want to trust you. Maybe you'll pray that today with me. In a minute, we'll have an invitation. You recognize the valley, you know. A lot of times, valleys don't come with an with a invitation or a, not an invitation, but they don't come with a warning, right? A lot of times, valleys just show up, <laughs> and we got to be ready. I'm not saying I was ready. I'm not, again, I'm, not, I'm trying not to make this a message about me today, but I do want to share, I did want to share a few things. But even in the valley, they, they don't come normally with a letter in the mail. Your valley's coming, Lardy. It's coming next week. It doesn't happen that way, you know. Jose, Jose, your valley's coming. I want you to know it's coming in December. Not, that's not how it works. But here's the good news. Even though it comes unexpected, it's never unexpected by our loving Heavenly Father. He was already there when the valley started. When your valley or my valley started, He was already there. And He can be trusted. Though He slay me, yet will I trust in Him. Though He not allow me to have this, or though He not allow me to celebrate the next anniversary, or though He not allow me to celebrate this, or though He not allow me to, to, to walk normal again, I have to trust Him. I want to trust Him. When you're in the valley, we must open our eyes because all around us, God is working. I was laying in the bed the night before my surgery. And uh, 
It was dark. It was 3 a.m. They had taken me from my room and moved me down to the next floor, and I was in a room just with one other person. I've shared this maybe a couple of times. I don't know if I shared it publicly, but I was laying there, and it was dark, and I knew that that morning, early in the morning, they were coming, and I, you know, thankfully, I didn't have to have my head cut open. It just went right through the nose. That's a blessing, <laughs> you know, but I still, you know, brain surgery wasn't really uh, something on the docket, but anyway, all of a sudden, I'm laying there, and I have a roommate. It's pitch dark, 3 a.m., and this, there's a lady in the room next to me. I had no idea it was a lady, obviously. She started crying in the middle of the night. She was crying, and she was in pain, and I started crying because <laughs> she was crying, and it was breaking my heart. This lady's in pain. We must open our eyes and see God working. I couldn't take it any longer, and I had to just say something, so I did. I just said, I'm not, sure what, I'm not sure what you're dealing with, and I'm sorry that you're in pain, but I'd like to pray for you. Pitch black room, 3 a.m. She, 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 she said, okay, that, that's fine. That would be good. We had a word of prayer together. I prayed, and then we just talked. <laughs> Strange, but... We talked for about 30 minutes. I let her tell me her story. She was in an automobile accident, severe automobile accident, and just uh, a, lot, a lot happened. It was a miracle that she was alive. I let her talk, let her talk, and uh, tried to insert some things about the Lord. And, and then uh, I just said, I'll be praying for you, and told her she wanted to know why I was there, and after about 30 minutes of talking, we kind of stopped talking a little bit, and the next noise I heard was snoring, and it wasn't me, but it was, it was this dear lady. Her name's Crystal, by the way. If you could write her name down. I was, so, I was so thankful. When I went in that room, I was a little bit bent out of shape because the, the nurses had come and woke me up, and I was, I, was, I was sawing logs. I was building a whole church building on that property. I'd cut so much timber. We were about ready to build the building, and they came and woke me up and uh, put me down in that room, and I was a little, I, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't let them know that, but I was a little frustrated, 3 a.m., you know, but then, you know, in our valley, we have to open our eyes because God is at work. After my procedure, we were able to go, my wife and I were able to go to, back to that room, and she was still there and we met her husband. I can't remember his name right now, but we were able to give them. I think you gave them a plant and a gospel track, so they have the gospel. I'm just saying that we have to open our eyes because God is at work. One more, Acts 16. Pray for Crystal. I don't know where she's at today. I hope she's out of the hospital rehabbing, but... God put us in that room on just the right time. Think about the sovereignty of God, church. It's not about me. It's about Christ in me. Who's, who's gonna, who is God going to put in your path this week? It's not about you, but it's about Christ in you. Are you going to be thinking about the valley or thinking about the opportunity to speak of Christ? And, and I failed many times. So I'm asking the Lord to help me. 
Here's one that's a powerful story. We won't tell it all because of time. My, t- my time is up just about up anyway. <laughs> God is good. Acts 16, 25. At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. And what did they do? Sang praises unto God. Now, Paul and Silas had just delivered someone of a, of a demon, if you will. And the owners did not like that because they lost money. And so they threw him in jail. So they were thrown in jail for really helping someone and beaten and beaten and all of that. This is definitely a valley. And the Bible says that uh, instead of complaining and instead of uh, moping about it, the Bible says that they prayed and they sang praises unto God. Number three, even in the valley, we must praise God. It's not just enough to say, I'm in it. I know God is working, and God loves me, but now I want to take it to the next level, and I don't want to just say God loves me, and I know God's working, but I want to praise him for the valley. I want to praise him for the physical ailment. I want to praise him for the financial situation that's not very good. I want to praise him for the lack of. I want to praise him for the, for the, uh, for the loss of. I want to praise him. What did the jailer see in Paul and Silas while they were in the valley? He saw someone praising God. What did the jailer see while Paul and Silas were in the jailer? They didn't see someone who was bitter, did they? They didn't see someone who was complaining. They saw someone who praised God. And I'm thankful for the opportunities God gives us to praise him. I said it earlier, and I pray that you'll think about this. We must not seek to climb out of our valley because the valley times of life are an incredible opportunity to shine for the glory of God. The valley times are an incredible opportunity for us to praise him. It's easy to praise him when everything looks good and is going good and is happening how we want it to be. But I think it really speaks to the heart of God, and it speaks not only to the heart of God, but don't miss what happened in Acts 16. We're not going to go through the whole thing. I believe sincerely to you today that because of the valley praise of Paul and Silas, a whole family got saved. The jailer got saved and his house. If you read that text later the rest of the day, you're gonna, later today, you're going to find that not only the jailer got saved, but also his entire house got saved. And I believe that it all started as they observed someone going through the valley and they saw that this, these two guys who had no reason to be praising and singing, that's what they were doing. And so when the valley comes, we must seek to praise God. I ask you today, what do others see in me? What do others see in you when we are in our valley? My psalm for this journey has been Psalm 34. We'll close at Psalm 34. If you want to turn over there quickly, thank you for willingness to turn to several pages as we more of a topical thought this morning, even in the valley. Even in the valley, God loves me. Even in the valley, God loves you. Even in the valley, God is at work. Wait patiently for him. Something's coming. Something's coming. Even in the valley, we have opportunity 
to praise God. It's the psalmist in Psalm 34. He says, I will bless the Lord at, what's the next word? All. Yeah. Oh, really? All times? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall, what's the next word? Continually. You know, all and continually connect those words together. That means there's never really any time when we shouldn't be praising God. Again, I'm not saying I'm, I'm an expert on uh, all times and continually. But that's what we want to strive for. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Notice, the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord in the valley. It's not there, but in the valley. And he heard me. I sought the Lord and he delivered me from all my fears. You talk about fears. I'm glad that fear is not from the Lord. And when fear comes, we can say, God, I know I'm starting to fear right now, and it's not from you. Help my faith to be in you and your promises that you love me and that you are doing a work in this. And I must praise you, and I desire to praise you. I'm so thankful that God delivers us. They looked unto him in verse 5 and were enlightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, notice, and the Lord heard him. And saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth him. And the, the kids learned a little bit about, I don't know, if, I don't think it was this verse, but they learned a lot about Candyland, but about the taste of the word of God. Oh, taste and see. That the Lord is good. Pastor, really? The Lord is good? Yes. The Lord is good. Even in the valley, we can taste and see that the Lord is good. May our valleys not push us away from the Lord. May our valleys wait patiently for Him. Don't Today, don't walk away from the Lord in the valley. Walk to him because really he's with you in the valley. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. I'm a firm believer that miracles occur when we praise God in the valley. I want to encourage us today as a church, let's keep praising God. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. When we worship him, especially in the valley, God shows up. When we praise him in the valley, God manifests his presence in ways that you can't see anywhere else. I'm not, I'm not mature enough, I don't think, to say, God, bring me more valleys. I don't know that I'm mature enough to say that. I'd like to be. Because really, when God 
breaks us and molds us, we are seeing him in a different way than we ever could before. Even in the valley, may God help us to never lose sight and doubt his love. Even in the valley, we must open our eyes because God is working. Even in the valley, we must lift up our eyes unto the hills from whence cometh our help. Our help cometh from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. Even in the valley, we must praise God. In some way, we must even say, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for this valley. Because I know that God is good. He never fails. And though he slay us, church, though he slay us, Yet, we can trust him.